Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. The breaking news tonight. President Trump is back at work in the West Wing six days after testing positive for coronavirus. Tonight, the big question, is he putting White House staffers in danger? With a Marine standing guard, President Trump returns to the Oval Office. I think this was a blessing from God that I caught it. What is being done to keep those around him safe as more than 20 people connected to the White House now have coronavirus? Salt Lake Showdown, the vice presidential candidates face off for the first and only time. The plexiglass separating Vice President Mike Pence and Senator Kamala Harris as all eyes are on the nominees a heartbeat away from the presidency. Hurricane Delta slams Cancun. American tourists stranded in Mexico as Louisiana braces for a direct hit in days. Cases spike. Infections increase in the Midwest and Great Plains. In Wisconsin, hospitalizations increase more than 65% in two weeks. Plus, Dr. Anthony Fauci warns as many as 400,000 Americans could die by winter. NFL outbreak with three more players testing positive. What the league's chief medical officer says about the possibility of pausing the season. Accused terrorists face justice. Two ISIS fighters brought to the U.S. will stand trial for the torture and murder of hostages, including journalist James Foley and aid worker Kayla Mueller. And a house divided. The lesson we can all learn from these Trump and Biden supporters living together under the same roof. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening, and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with breaking news. President Trump is back in the Oval Office and back on camera tonight, two days after returning from the hospital. In a new video produced by the White House, the president says he feels perfect and calls his infection with coronavirus a blessing in disguise. He also says the experimental drug therapy he received is a cure and that he plans to make it available for free to all Americans. Now, that might be overpromising the drug made by the company Regeneron because it has not been approved by the FDA and was only given to the president under a special exception called compassionate use. Now, the president's decision to return to the West Wing is not only putting his staff at risk, it violates his own government's guidance that anyone who is infected should isolate for 10 days. Now, in a written statement today, his doctor said he does not have symptoms, but he did not say if it's safe for Trump to interact with others. Now, the president's new video tonight also risks upstaging his own vice president, Mike Pence, just hours before the debates that he debates the Democratic nominee, Senator Kamala Harris. That face-off, which begins in just a few hours, will now feature plexiglass dividers between the candidates because of the president's infection. There's a lot of new reporting to get to tonight. We've got our team of correspondents standing by. CBS's Ben Tracy is going to lead off our coverage tonight from the White House. Good evening, Ben. Nora, good evening. Since he returned from the hospital on Monday night, President Trump has spent most of his time inside the White House residence tweeting more than 100 times in just the past 24 hours. But he's not isolating. He returned to the West Wing, potentially exposing what's left of his staff. A Marine posted outside the entrance to the West Wing today signaled President Trump, still infected with the virus and believed to be contagious, had returned to the Oval Office. Two top aides, including Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, were also in the room said to be wearing protective gear, but still risking exposure. It just made me better, okay? I call that a cure. The president also released this White House-produced video tonight in which he says getting coronavirus was a good thing. I think this was a blessing from God that I caught it. This was a blessing in disguise. But little is known about the president's actual health. His doctor releasing this brief five-sentence update that President Trump feels great, has been symptom-free for 24 hours, and has detectable levels of COVID antibodies in his blood. When you look at the timing, it seems to be too early for the president to have mounted his own antibody response that's now measurable. So it's likely that any antibodies that are being measured in the bloodstream came from the antibody cocktail that he was given. Dr. Sean Conley has not revealed whether President Trump has any lung damage or if he is still on the powerful steroid dexamethasone. CBS News has learned that so-called isolation carts have been set up inside the West Wing, stocked with medical gowns, surgical masks, eye goggles, and hand sanitizer. Staffers are supposed to wear these when getting within six feet of President Trump. The president's inner circle has been ravaged by the virus. At least a dozen people are now infected. The latest, senior advisor Stephen Miller, who tested positive Tuesday. The president is the most tested man in America. The White House won't say when President Trump last tested negative, raising doubts about whether he is actually tested every day, like his press secretary claimed, something the president himself contradicted this summer. I do take probably on average a test every uh, two days, three days. The September 26th Rose Garden event for his Supreme Court nominee could be where he got infected. We're looking at it in a detailed manner just because there were a number of people there that came down with it. Now, in that five-minute video that the president posted tonight, he talked about the experimental therapies that he's received, received, saying that he wants more Americans to get them as well. He also talked about a vaccine, acknowledging for the first time that it will not be available by Election Day. As he has often said, he blamed that simply on what he calls politics. Nora.
All right. In this case, it was the FDA. Ben Tracy, thank you. Tonight, Vice President Mike Pence and Senator Kamala Harris will face off for what could be the most important vice presidential debate in recent history. It comes as new polling shows Biden with a sizable lead in Pennsylvania, ahead in Iowa and Wisconsin, and tied in Ohio. Here's CBS's Nicole Killian. Before the vice presidential candidates hit the stage, there was already a clear divide. Plexiglass shields to separate Vice President Mike Pence and Senator Kamala Harris, who will be seated at least 12 feet apart, though some outside scientists warn it may be insufficient. The vice president attended last month's Supreme Court nomination ceremony, a suspected epicenter of the outbreak, though he has tested negative several times in recent days. Do you feel it's safe enough? Yes, I do. Corinne Jean-Pierre is Harris's chief of staff. Vice President Mike Pence should be fine. He should understand why we have to put safety first, right? Why we have to have a plexiglass. Harris's team requested the barriers, while a Pence aide told CBS News it was medically unnecessary. This despite the fact that Pence's own press secretary, Katie Miller, had to leave Salt Lake City after husband Stephen Miller's positive test result. Pence will be pressed tonight on the administration's handling of the pandemic, given his role as head of the coronavirus task force. We flattened the curve before. We slowed the spread before. uh, And we can do it again. It's not so easy just to put a political wrapper around it anymore either. This is what the country wants to talk about. As the president continues to be treated for the virus, his campaign says he still intends to participate in next week's presidential debate. Well, I think the president has shown that he's feeling better already. But usually this takes anywhere from 10 days to two weeks at minimum sure. to run it. Sure, and we and will be relying We'll be relying on the White House medical staff. But well, former Vice uh, President Biden... If he still has COVID, we shouldn't have a debate. And now the mayor of Miami, a registered Republican, think it's a bad idea. Anybody who is infected could infect others um, and also is in a state where, you know, they probably shouldn't be traveling. Not lost on any of the candidates, uh, their preparations for tonight. They just completed their walkthroughs of the debate hall. CBS News has learned that the vice president has held at least three practice sessions over recent days, while Senator Harris has been preparing with close aides. Nora. All right, Nicole Killian, thank you so much. Let's turn now to the economic despair being felt nationwide. Tonight, a hospital system in St. Paul, Minnesota, is closing, unable to pay its bills in the pandemic. 900 workers are going to lose their jobs. And in a sign of the times, the city wants to turn the hospital into a shelter for its growing number of homeless. This says tonight in Washington, hopes for a financial lifeline are fading. Here's CBS's Nancy Cordes. White House whiplash. Just hours after calling off stimulus talks, President Trump said he wants Congress back at the bargaining table on a set of standalone bills. Well, it's hard to see any uh, clear, sane path on anything that he's doing. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi had been in talks with Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin over a comprehensive $1.5 to $2 trillion package with funding for schools, testing, small businesses, and those federal unemployment benefits that lapsed in July. Without it, economists warn the financial strain will only get worse. 40% of restaurant owners expect to close in the next six months. And last week saw a record spike in the number of long-term unemployed Americans out of work for six months or more. We are seeing a disproportionate amount of pain in the economy for women, 
for low-wage workers, for young workers, for black and Hispanic Americans. They said uh, they was going to give the second similar check. That would have a lot. Amy Njai had been counting on that money. She's now $10,000 behind on rent for her apartment and her salon in downtown Newark. I lost like 80% of my customers. Another casualty of D.C.'s confusion, rescue funds for airlines. Southwest CEO Gary Kelly. We had hoped the federal government would again move swiftly, but they have not. President Trump now says he wants a standalone bill to help the airlines. But House Democrats tried to pass one last week and were blocked by Republicans. The biggest obstacle now is the fact that the House has gone home to campaign for re-election and the Senate is out, too, over concerns about COVID. Nora. Nancy Cortez, thank you. Tonight, a new warning from the nation's top expert on infectious diseases. Dr. Anthony Fauci says coronavirus deaths in the U.S. could nearly double to 400,000 by the end of the year. New cases have risen in the past two weeks in 30 states and the District of Columbia. The Midwest and Great Plains are becoming hotspots. And tonight, Wisconsin is taking emergency action. CBS's Mola Lange is there. Tonight, a dire situation in Wisconsin. We have a pandemic that is out of control. Hospitalizations are up more than 65% over the past two weeks, and the average daily deaths have tripled. This hospital in Green Bay forced to put patients on beds in the ER hallway for the first time in its history. We've seen the number of people needing hospitalization double or triple, and we really don't have the capacity to double the number of people hospitalized in the state. Today, Wisconsin's governor announced a field hospital at the state fairgrounds will open next week as a COVID surge threatens to overwhelm hospitals. Wisconsin is not alone. Seven states have reportedly seen a more than 60% increase in new cases compared to just two weeks ago. And seven states are also now reporting record hospitalizations. In the Northeast, protests erupted in New York City overnight after a lockdown was placed on several neighborhoods in Brooklyn and Queens. Some residents of the predominantly Orthodox Jewish communities burned masks in the street in defiance. And at least three more NFL players tested positive for the virus today, including reigning defensive player of the year, New England's Stephon Gilmore. Now, the NFL's chief medical officer is not ruling out pausing the season entirely as concerns grow. Now you see the Wisconsin National Guard here behind me staging the state fairgrounds where patients will be transferred for low-level care. Now, just to illustrate that need, as of Tuesday afternoon, one hospital in Green Bay reported reaching 100% capacity, Nora. A lot of concern about what's happening there, Wisconsin. Thank you, Mola. Tonight, the state of Louisiana is under a state of emergency as Hurricane Delta barrels across the Gulf of Mexico. Delta could make landfall again Friday evening as a Category 2 or potentially devastating Category 3 hurricane. Nearly 60,000 people along the coast are under mandatory evacuation orders tonight. CBS's Mireya Villarreal is in New Orleans. Packing fierce winds and torrential rain, Delta slammed into Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula early this morning as a Category 2 hurricane, trapping many Americans there on vacation. In nearby Cancun, daylight revealing down power lines, massive debris and trees toppled onto cars. Tourists jammed into the airport last night before it closed, 
This is the line of cars waiting to get in today when it reopened. This is kind of what we're at. Those who couldn't escape, like Russell DiTallo and his family, rode out the storm crowded in the shelter with hundreds of others. We're in a pandemic right now, and knowing that we're going to have close quarters this whole entire time, trying to figure out exactly how we were going to do what we could for our family. Tonight, as Hurricane Delta takes aim at the Gulf Coast, officials are warning residents to prepare once again. By Friday morning, conditions will be deteriorating rapidly. By the end of the day Thursday, you need to be where you intend to be as you ride out the storm. There is a storm surge watch in effect right now from Texas all the way to the eastern border of Alabama and Louisiana is expected to get between 7 and 11 feet. And that's exactly why they built up this levee system. On Friday, there will be evacuations in this area and the metal gate below me will close, making sure that surge doesn't get into the heart of New Orleans. Nora. Maria Vireal, thank you. Today, two British citizens were charged with being part of an ISIS group that executed hostages in Syria, including four Americans. One of the prosecutors told reporters, if you have American blood on your hands, you will face American justice. Here's CBS's Jeff Pegues. I am Stephen Joel Sotloff. The videotaped beheading of American hostages Stephen Sotloff, James Foley and Peter Kossig, and the kidnapping death of Kayla Mueller in 2015 terrorized this nation. Today, in a Northern Virginia courtroom, two of the men suspected of involvement in the murders pleaded not guilty. They were radicalized there. U.S. Attorney Zachary Tewilliger says the two uh, British nationals, Al-Shafi Al-Sheikh and Alexander Koti, conspired with a ringleader of their group, another British citizen known as Jihadi John, whose real name was Mohammed Mwazi. These individuals assisted him in that hostage-taking cell. Among the charges conspiracy to murder U.S. citizens outside the U.S., hostage-taking resulting in death, and conspiracy to provide material support to a foreign terrorist organization. In a series of interviews since their capture in Syria in 2018, the two men have shifted their stories. Do you still deny that you're a member of the group known as the Beatles, which carried out executions and beheadings? Yeah, of course. Oh, Shafi. Same question. Yeah. The families of the American victims called the charges today one step toward justice. Nora. Jeff Begays, thank you. Newly released police body cam video shows the chaotic aftermath of the botched raid in Louisville that left Breonna Taylor dead. Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, is seen sobbing and telling police that Taylor was dead. Police shot the ER tech six times inside her own home in March. No officers have been charged in her death. Tonight, Minnesota's governor has sent National Guard troops to Minneapolis after the former officer charged with murdering George Floyd was released from jail. Derek Chauvin posted a million-dollar bond. He was seen kneeling on Floyd's neck for more than eight minutes. Well, today, for the first time, the Nobel Prize in Chemistry was awarded to two women, Jennifer Doudna and Emmanuel Charpentier, won for their pioneering work on CRISPR, a gene-editing tool that holds promise for curing disease. On Tuesday, another woman, American Andrea Ghez, won the prize in physics for her research on black holes. Congratulations to those women in science. 
At a time when dinner conversations too often become yelling matches over politics, we could all learn from some college kids in Texas. Here's CBS's Omar Villafranca. From the outside, it's the perfect metaphor for America, a house divided with opinions flapping in the wind. You know, we were unpacking all of our stuff and we found a Trump flag from last year. Alex Martin lives on the Trump side. Paxton Murphy on the Biden side. Originally, I was kind of against putting up signs. Both are seniors at Southern Methodist University in Dallas, following the COVID rules at SMU with their housemates. The confrontation started when Paxton spotted a Trump flag hanging on Alex's balcony. That led to an emergency meeting with his roommates. Next thing you know, I looked over on the neighbor's balcony and we saw three Biden flags. And then they responded with more flags and it's just escalated since then. It's on. It's on, yes. What people don't see is what happens inside. Martin, Murphy, and their roommates are all really good friends. To us, our friendship is more important than those two guys. People can see us, you know, uh, being so civil and being friends about it, then you can hope that other people will understand that and do the same. What started as a civics lesson could end up being a lesson in civility for all of us. Omar Villafranca, CBS News, Dallas. No doubt they'll be watching the debate tonight. And don't forget to join us for CBS News live coverage of the vice presidential debate. I'll be joined by Gail King and John Dickerson. That's at 9 Eastern, 6 in the West. And a reminder, if you can't watch the evening news live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. And that is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We'll see you soon for the debate. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.